Hello everyone, I'm your host Toko and this is my podcast is a verse for that. Thank you so much for joining me and today we're going to be continuing my little series, mini series on weight and basically if you haven't listened to the first one, we're going to be talking about what to do in your weight and how to actually wait and this is inspired by John the Baptist because he had to wait quite a long time and more so in the wilderness and I think that was very symbolic of his weight and what he was doing so we're going to be deep diving into that so today as you can tell by the title of this when we're talking about acknowledging god's signs and messengers messages and i want to talk about this specifically in terms of what it is that we might be negating and rejecting from god in order to get what we're waiting for and i wanted to just talk about it in about three or four parts significant to john's story so that we can kind of be a little bit more productive in the waiting season and know why or maybe why god is making us wait for what we believe god is going to provide for us and so for the first point i wanted to just kind of talk about the context and where i'm getting all my information from which is mainly from luke 3 and last i think last week we spoke in luke 1 if I'm not mistaken. And I wanted to say this. John being in the wilderness allowed for him to receive God's message while waiting. And so by that I mean him being fully alone and being fully like devoted to God, no distractions. Like if you think about it, when you are in a just think about the movies, when someone is in the wilderness be it running away from something or um, just being in the wilderness, they usually are by themselves. You would never really think of a group of people being in the wilderness. Like th- I'm thinking of quite a few movies that I've seen where people in the in the wild or running away from them from something. They're usually by themselves, and that I think is helpful in terms of understanding what John was going through at the time, and he was. Like I said, like I mentioned last week, he was prepared for his waiting period because his mother actually went into seclusion when she was pregnant with John. And so this concept isn't new. And to talk about that further in a new context, most of the time when we do wait, it never feels foreign to us. And it's kind of contradictory to our very fast paced Um, instant gratification driven world where you don't necessarily have to wait for a commercial to pass to watch tv you don't have to you know wait hours upon hours to make food because you can literally have it delivered to your door but there's still an element of waiting you'd have to wait for the next season of something to come out if you're if you're on netflix you'd still have to wait for that food to be delivered to you if you're waiting for food to come there's as much as we talk about instant gratification god still allows the presence of waiting to be felt regardless of a generation and so that's why we should never feel like waiting is a completely foreign thing even as a christian and it's actually not biblically accurate for the most part to think that things happen instantaneously sure there are examples where god 
turns things immediately around. We've, we've seen Jesus immediately turn water, not immediately. That's not a good example because there was a whole process we had to go and ask um, people to pour out water, pour the water and pour it out. But we've seen God come through immediately. But using that example, there's still a process that comes with waiting. The example of turning water into wine at the wedding, he asked the servants to pour water. That took a lot of time because it was not just like a glass of water. It was gallons and in these cisterns and pour out a little bit. And that took a lot of time because here you are trying to balance a little bit of this huge jug and stop it from from falling possibly and pouring out a little bit of water. That was a process. And the wedding guests had to wait for the wine to be presented to them. And so even using that example and using the example of Abraham... Um, waiting so long to have a kid and bringing it back to John. Waiting is not a foreign concept for Christians and it wasn't a foreign concept for the people in the Bible. Waiting is, a, is an essential part of worshipping God because that's where the test of our free will is evident. When Abraham, going back to examples that I gave, when Abraham was waiting for God. Yes, he did have another kid with someone else, but he still held on to God's promises to him. And I think that's a perfect example because as human beings, we may be tempted to do something else. Like, oh my gosh, God's taking too long, so I might as well just act on this now. But the original promise that we have is worth going back to. And I think I wanted to just start off on that and just encourage somebody, even if you're... um you thought you've kind of went back on what you're waiting on God for, you can still return to him and come back to the fold. And hopefully this little series will help you how on how to do that. So coming back to John, he was constantly meeting God, like I said, in the secret place in the wilderness. And it it, it reminded me of Psalms 91, which says um, he abides in the will of the Lord. And I I specifically wanted to hold on to the word abide. And you can read into yourself. It does say that. And there's something about waiting with God and waiting for God that allows you to abide. And by abide, it means to obey him. And that's what, that's what our heart posture should be leaned towards if you want to know if you're waiting correctly for what god has promised you um you should look at what your discipline to his will looks like and for john as we'll go into a little bit his message that god gave him was not easy so he had to abide and be in the wilderness for a very long time and not just physically but spiritually as well too and i mean by a long time i mean to actually be intentional with what he's doing there, to actually do what he was destined to do, act quite literally prophesied to do. And so I think once we realize that John's, John took the message and started acting upon it in the wilderness, we can start to apply it in our own lives by saying that when we are in a waiting period and we're sitting with God, it's never purposeless, you know, it's never for no reason. And I can talk about my own examples. When I was um, 
newly saved because I was I've always been a Christian but I haven't lived for God you know I was doing what my parents told me to do and okay when I pray when I pray when I pray today if we're not going to pray today we're not going to pray today but when I actually took my salvation into my own hands I don't want to I don't mean it like that but like when I took it seriously I was put into like this very like isolating period of my life where I was by myself didn't help that we were in COVID this was, this was 2021 and I was physically by myself but I was also like socially by myself and mentally by myself but I wasn't spiritually by myself I was with God and that was the time when I would say my faith was the strongest and that was the time when my the foundation of who I am today was being laid and so that didn't come with me just idly waiting. I was constantly having to walk in discipline. I had to confess to a lot of things to my parents. I had to, one of them being like, oh, I was promiscuous in this way. I was sexually immoral in this way. And um, just evaluating so much. And that was, that came with discipline. That came with like the Lord saying something in my spirit, me wrestling with it and being like, okay, Lord, I'll say it. Or I'll confess to this thing that I did. I did, like there was a lot of, moving around like I would I would say it was more like taking going into a room a messy room and start moving things around and and um asking the owner of the room should I should I take this out should I keep this should I do this kind of like organizing my spiritual life that's what I that's what I would say it was but it was one of the best yet worst times of my life because no one wants to be convicted and as much as we can allow it and we're supposed to be liking it i have sometimes like yes i love this conviction but deep down fleshly speaking carnally speaking it's not nice we don't like being wrong as people we don't like being called out it's never a good feeling especially when it comes to things that you have experienced personally and having a supernatural being telling you that yep that's not right you need to do it like this is kind of like what you know you just kind of feel like what is he saying to me right now? But that's when we have to exercise our faith and believe that God only has good things for us. And so using my example and applying it to who John was and what he was doing, him acknowledging the messages and signs that God had for him and walking into that helped him be spiritually productive. And by spiritually productive, we don't necessarily know what he was doing, but we can see the evidence of what he was doing and it being good, if that makes sense. He was, his message was hard. He was telling people like, repent, repent, repent. He was being the very stern, you know, messenger of Christ. And I wanted to read like exactly what he said to the crowds. He said in verse seven of chapter three, it says, when the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee, to flee God's coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you've repented for your sins and turn to God don't just say to each other we are safe for we are descendants of Abraham that means nothing for I tell you God can create children of Abraham from these very stones even now the axe of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of trees yes every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and be thrown into the fire and that's there's so much going on and I wanted to just go into a little bit and show you what I meant by we don't necessarily know what he was doing, but we know that it was good and his foundation was very stern. 
And I want to start in verse, in the very first part of what he says. You brood of snakes. And this is something that was like, whoa, where would you call someone snakes? And it almost it almost is synonymous to what happened in the very beginning of the Bible. And there's a reason why the devil has been portrayed as a snake because he's very it says in in the very beginning i think it's genesis 3 when they describe the fall he is a cunning creature he's deceptive and to make to make that simile not no simile metaphor um comparing the the crowds to the devil is very you know audacious and very like yeah just audacious and I would say quite bold. That's what I wanted to say, bold. And so that's why I say that like there's so much confidence that comes from waiting in God. There's so much confidence in waiting and seeing what the Lord is doing in your life and actually being spiritually spiritually productive. One thing, number one, one sign of being spiritually productive is that you're confident. Not confident in yourself or what you can do, but in the message that God has given you. And... Therefore, you'll be able to, you know, call out unrighteous things. And I remember when I remember when I was in my um, season of isolation, I was calling out everything. I was like, I don't like this, this and this. Oh, you're doing this and this. Like not in a, what you call, how would I say this? In a um, condemning way. It was more so to being on fire for God and trying to help people experience that fire. And so moving on. He goes on to say that, um, he says, prove by the way that you live, that you, that, that you repented from your sins. Don't just say this. And another sign of being spiritually productive is that you're always trying to guide people. And you don't necessarily have to be a leader or have leadership qualities to be a guiding person. We do it all the time. We guide our friends by giving them advice. We guide our siblings or people in our lives that we care about to make good good to make good choices now as a christian we don't just guide people to make good choices we guide them to make righteous choices christ-centered choices and so that's why i say you don't necessarily have to be a leader in any way to guide people and that's why he says prove it you know and that's something i'm pretty sure that um most of us feel like we need to do we need to show that we are Christian, not to, not necessarily to work for our faith, but show the evidence of our faith, you know. So that's one thing that I also felt very personally to me. And he also tries as much as possible to humble people because there's a certain humility that needs to come when you are a Christian. And Jesus said it later on. And I, and I say, I'm mentioning Jesus because this is evidence of Christ or the, or the Holy Spirit in um, John right now. Because Jesus says that later on that um, those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And is John not saying the same thing here and um, basically implying the same thing by saying that God can create anyone and great, can, can create children of Israel from these very stones. Like you guys have no rights. You guys should not be boasting about this or saying that you have a right to behave the way that you do because you are children of God so it's actually an honor to be a child of God basically and so he's also talking about coming judgment of God's um, acts of judgment being poised to sever trees and then the very last part is 
I think number one confirmation of John being sent by God and being Holy Spirit filled because Jesus says this later on. He says, John says, and also Jesus does say, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And this is something that Jesus has said. And so that's the final point of being spiritually productive. You need to be under God's wing. You need to walk like Jesus. And it may not be saying exactly what he says, but your language should be evidence of Christ. And it can be hard if you struggle with things like, you know, gossiping and um, swearing and just not speaking well of people. That's something that may be something to, to work on as in this waiting period. So, yeah, you need to actually carry God's message physically or verbally to other people. And that would be evidence of being spiritually productive. And so coming back to what I was saying about John, this was not just something that he was just given to. Yes, it was prophesied, prophesied that he had to do this, but there was something very intentional with John that God did not just allow to happen haphazardly. He had to go into a waiting season and be by, by himself to learn these things in order to be what scripture has prophesied about him to be. And so coming back to us, acknowledging God's message, we all have a message. God has a plan for everyone. It says in Jeremiah that, um, for I know the plans that I have for you, for um, plans to do good and not harm you. And those are things that God has decided for us before we were even born. He knew us in our mother's wombs. He knows how many hairs we have, you know. So accepting the signs and, and messages that God has given us is crucial in terms of waiting. And while we're waiting, we should be spiritually productive because sometimes what we are waiting for might just set us up for a lot of different changes, good or bad. And I'm not trying to say that, oh, be careful what you wish, wish for type of thing, but I'm saying that like what you're waiting for in this period may be something that that can carry significant change and i'm going to give a personal example when i I, ne I wasn't necessarily waiting for this i was just waiting to be everything that god has asked has put in my heart to be like be this teacher of the word and everything but when i was anticipating being a leader at my school it was i never nothing could have prepared me for the amount of like mental turmoil besides waiting and there was like a thousand times more than that where I, re I would refer to that waiting period that I had um back in back back two years ago in order to be what God had called me to be at my school and so using that example and the point that I made sometimes it may or may not be your waiting period I mean may or may not be setting you up for future for future um, circumstances. And so I think the first step to knowing what to do in the waiting period is to acknowledge what God is saying, you know, and that's the whole point. Before we become spiritually productive, before we um, do all the things and go into those signs and, oh, am I being spiritually productive? You need to actually accept what God is saying because it's no use going around being like Jonah, um, 
hearing God's word or having this message and not accepting it and acknowledging it. Like you don't want to be in a whale's belly, you know, spiritually you don't want to be away from God. And we, we cannot run away from God. That's the truth. But we can backslide and we can allow, put ourselves in positions where we, we may be delivered from, we, we may um, have God deliver us from, but may have wasted time, you know, going back to the example of Jonah. He was running away from God, which was like, huh? Kind of comical, but most of us do it. I've done it before. I'm like, you know what, Lord, I can't do this. Even like to this day, I am like, Lord, I can't do this. But it's the coming back and acknowledging what God has planned for us. That is, that's important. Because as Christians, what we aspire to do is to, is to do God's will. And to run away from God's will, including that's including his messages and signs, is counterintuitive and counterproductive because, not necessarily counterintuitive because we are fleshly de- inclined to run away from God, but we genuinely can run away from God. And it's genuinely, as our as Christians, very counterproductive, you know, and not not necessarily in a way to work for our faith, but more so to grow in who God has called us to be. And in the context of this whole mini series, to grow in order to receive what we're waiting for. So hopefully this has just shed a bit of light on how to wait and what the wait might mean, because I know it can be very frustrating because, oh my gosh, Lord, I've been praying, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. But what, have you actually been accepting what God has given to you? Because we can do religious things, but if we're not doing God's will, then we haven't done anything. You know, we've just done stuff. We haven't done God's things and God's stuff. So I don't know. It's very, it's very hard. You know, waiting is not easy. It's not a, it's not a fun process. But I, my hope in this little series is just to make it fun and make it productive as possible. Because, like I said last week, like when you're waiting somewhere, would you you wouldn't just stare out in the abyss or um, leave the room. You'd want to do something productive, like whether it's just be on your phone or um, talk to people, or whatever. That's being productive. But we are inclined to be spiritually productive. So, hopefully, this has been helpful. Hopefully, um, you can start implementing what I've shared into your life as we wait. Because. To be frank, we'll always be waiting for something. As human beings, we we are very needy. We want a lot of things. But, you know, as long as we have the spirit of God, we'll be fine. And I say this all the time. I think I mentioned this last week. Like, my, my, my motto is, as long as I have God, I'll be fine. You know? And that can be the difference between doing something out of frustration because you're, you're tired of waiting and... um you know, rejecting something that was not filled with God and and, st- and turning away from something that was not where God wanted you to go. Because there have been several times where I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, I might as well just do this. You know, I'm I'm so lonely. I might as well just, you know, open my phone and just DM this boy. And I'm just like, no, actually, the reason why I'm doing this is because I have not, you know, reminded myself that God is enough for me. So let me just take a step back and come back there's someone that was hooting let me just take a step back and remind myself of who god is and thank him for for who he is and i think one thing that i've learned so far is gratitude can overcome comparison you know being grateful for what god has given you and what he's not just given you but who he is in your life 
more, that's most that's more important than what he has given you, who he is in your life, can overcome and kill comparison. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, this person is doing so much better than me. But it can even just be comparing your life, your life story and your life purpose to somebody else. Because there's so many people that I've seen like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just, you know, be like this podcast. I wish I could be like so-and-so. I wish I, I, wish I was just so well-versed and disciplined like this person. But what I fail to realize is that I have had my own victories in Christ. I have had God work in my life in a specific way that that person may not even experience before or has not even, you know, seen in their life before or seen in my context, you know? So yeah, that's just like, that's just like my last tip. Like being great, being grateful for who God is will kill comparison. So hopefully this has been helpful and have a good day. Stay well. And I love you. And most importantly, the Lord. As you may or may not know, Christians are being persecuted in other countries on a daily basis so i believe it's up to us christians fellow believers in christ to support them either financially or spiritually so would you please 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 click the link in my bio under persecuted christians support them financially and join me in prayer either five minutes two minutes a day just to pray for them and pray for their strength and their courage to continue worshiping god and to continue following jesus thank you Thank you.